Welcome back to another episode of the Change What We Normalize podcast. I'm excited to bring you guys another powerful, jam-packed episode with a brother of mine. His name is Daryl McGregory. He is a content creator and a United States sailor, right? Um, I met this brother um, a little while ago via social media, and I was just viewing his content, and it had me rolling. I'm not even going to lie. Like it had me crying and um, we kind of connected organically from there. And since then, he has made some major transitions. He has had some growth. Um, but one of the beautiful things has been his his journey of faith, right? His walk along with Christ. And I'm really excited, really, really excited to have this conversation with him and bring this brother to you. His testimony is powerful and the value that he has is incredible. So without further ado, look. Bringing my guy with over here, uh, Daryl Matt. Hey, what's going on, bro? What's up, man? I saw the video and I was like, Dang, I need that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that jacket, man. I had a um a good friend out here make it for me. She's incredible with the uh the painting and everything. But um I appreciate that, man. How have you been? Oh, I've been doing well, man. Just uh just, you know, this journey of faith. <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah, you yeah. Very, very tough. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's um yeah, it's intense, man. It's intense. Nobody told me uh after I got baptized, how challenging it would be. Everybody just wanted to celebrate. <laughs> oh, Lord. Don't even maybe get into that one. Jesus. <laughs> uh, man, <laughs> so look, everybody, I'm excited to have my brother Daryl here. For those that don't know you, you know, I gave a brief description, um, but for those that don't know you or follow your content, go ahead and share a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, how you guys doing? I'm Daryl McGregory. I was formerly known as Big Head Daryl. I changed it recently to Daryl Mack. Um, 27 years old. I'm a United States sailor. I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. Right now, I'm stationed in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Um, and yeah, I'm a content creator. Um, just I, I create content, whether it's funny, inspirational, so on and so forth. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a follower of Christ. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, his content, man. It's so original and so funny. Like he has these skits, man. And we're going to get further into that as the conversation goes. But I want to jump right in to start talking about walking by faith, Um, because I'm in that season of my life as well, where I'm really like walking this thing out. Like we hear people talk about it all the time. Walk by faith, not by sight, all these different things. But it's really different when you're like in the thick of it. Right. It's really different. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the transition that you're going through right now. I know we were sharing some things offline and you're really in that faith journey and living that thing out for the world to see. So um, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. So um, usually, I mean, whenever we hear the journey of um, faith, there's like always, um, you know, music in the background when you hear the inspirational music and e-commerce, you know, screaming at you, telling you, you know, how you need to get up and do these things and so on and so forth. But uh, this journey of faith has been very tough for me because um, a lot of times whenever we come into church, we have this mentality where we see the big calling. We want the big calling, but we don't ever talk about the small steps that lead to the big calling. That there are like small callings that you need to have in order for you to kind of like... Um, get to that point and um it, it's been very tough for me i think uh, I, I'm, I made a decision to leave the military uh, <laughs> uh, uh and i that it's very scary because i left my mama house at 21 to leave the military mm-hmm. so it's like i'm leaving i'm leaving like my foundation if you would say just uh free medical free dental all these things i'm leaving it and i'm recognizing you know money came equate to happiness money cannot and um a lot of times even with faith and everything you have family and friends who haven't even you know took that step to even like leave their state wanting to Mm, give you advice on how you need to 
handle stepping out on faith. And it can get very tough because it's like, dang, I'm the only one that sees this vision, but nobody else sees it. And you want, and you want, and you want to be convinced that like, you want people to be convinced that, you know, this is a real thing, but the only way for you to do it is unless you step out and do it. And, um, yeah. and pretty much just to sum it up, I was on Clubhouse and um, I was talking to all these people that were like in the business, the entertainment business that known me for a while. I had a friend from um, the movie Hardball. Um, his name is Julian Griffiths. And um, he, wow. he I, I didn't know he was following me. I was like, dog, I got people that I saw on TV when I was little know who I am. It's like, and I remember T.D. Jakes said something, said that your name rides through the wind. And um, wow. I, I believe in that. So, yeah, they encouraged me to leave the military. So I felt that that was right. And I felt, I feel alive whenever I do my content creation. So, yeah, that's why I made the decision. I was like, I'm going to take the leap of faith. I'm not happy. So, mm. when the deuces. <laughs> was, there, was there something, like, influential or something that happened that pushed you to take? Like you said, that's a big leap right there. Yeah. Was there something that, you know, may have happened where it was like, I have to do this now? You know, was there, like, an actual event or anything? I won't even say there was, like, an actual event. Mm-hmm. It's just I've always been the type of person where I had a vision that nobody else had, like mm-hmm. growing up. I mean, growing up, I, I mean, I'm once you're African American and, and black man, you know, raised in Birmingham, Alabama, and you you're not into sports. People don't know what to do with you. Mm-hmm. So I've always had dreams of going to California and so on and so forth. I think what pushed me was the, my mental health. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like my mental health was not in the right place. And um, I joined the military to figure out what I wanted to do. I understood that like, I just, I'm not happy. You know what I'm saying? I think that's, that yeah. was just enough for me. I didn't want to just live life just to, just to like put food on the table. Survive, that was yeah, way, yeah. yeah. It was way more to my life than that. And mm. um, yeah, that's, that's what really pushed me. And when you're around the right people, who see something in you that nobody else saw and they, mm-hmm. and they can talk you out of it. Like, I just felt faith stir up within me to say, okay, bump it. I'm going to do it. I don't care how much money I got. I don't care whether I have, I, I'll be able to get disability afterwards, so on and so forth. I'm going to do it because I know I'm meant for something greater in life, mm-hmm. you know, than what I'm settling for. So, mm, I heard once, and you made me think of this just now, just sharing that. And we're talking about taking this leap, right? I heard once, how much, how much is your job paying you to forget about your dreams? Yeah, man, it hit me like that too, and I was like, "Whoo, that's heavy." Like, how much are they? And I'm not encouraging people to just go quit your job, but it made me think. Like, we were brought here with a purpose and a plan for us, and. Just like you, I don't believe it was just to work to to put food on the table, and that's your life, that's your legacy, that's what you've brought into the world. And it's like, man, how much are they paying you to forget about that dream that you've had for, you know, X amount of years? That thing that you can't not think about all day, that thing that God has placed on your heart. How much are they giving you for you to yeah. forget about that, man? And a lot of people are taking that route because it seems more secure. It seems more secure. Not following the plan and the purpose. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I had um people don't understand. Like I'm in the military, so I got everything I want. Everything. Everything. Um I get paid a good amount of money just to live out here in Hawaii for six years in paradise. But mentally I was like I was in hell. (laughs) You know, I I wasn't like Money doesn't equate to everything. Medical benefits doesn't equate to everything. Yeah, they they are ne- they they are like necessary, but it ain't essential for me. Mm. Um, and yeah, you can get paid as much as you want. I, I have friends that have killed themselves because mm. of like all these things that's going on, and they mm. messaged me before they even did it. So mm. it's like I recognize the importance of life. And um, I, I think, I, I'm going to be honest, I think what changed for me, I had a car wreck in 2012. The car flipped over twice on my prom night. I was in the wow. back seat. And I woke up while the car was flipping. And um, when that happened, it, 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 I think it did something within me to kind of just recognize life is short. I'm not going to, 
I, I know God has a purpose for my life. So it's like, I, I'm, if, if I survive that and I understand like things can happen in an instant, this was on my prom night. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I was that that's I can only imagine that. And yeah. just thinking about, you know, especially you as a man of faith, me as a man of faith, I think about God being that provider. And then I also think about the individuals who I talk to who believe in God, you know, they have strong conviction and everything like that. But it's like, how much do you believe that God's going to provide? Have you put the the employer over God? Like that's the resource. You know, that's the avenue, and there's yeah. millions of them. But if God's your provider, you know, why isn't your focus there? And that was something that I had to learn. You know, I was sharing with you, you know, just a few months ago, I was released from, from my position, you know, as a director. And I had to really just kind of have a conversation with myself, like, okay, do you, do you really believe what you believe? You know, how do you feel about God now? Now that things have been taken away from you, has your feelings changed for towards God? And in that moment, I remember just praying for the individuals who released me. And there was this sense of like peace just fell on me in my car. And I was like, okay, that was weird. And I called my fiance, told her about it. I was kind of expecting her to be like, what? What? This is crazy. And she was just like, look, we'll, we'll figure it out. And now you'll be able to do the stuff that you truly wanted to do, the stuff that you dreamed about. And, you know, that's where I'm at now going full force with that. And God has provided in a way that has, it's, it's really unexplainable. And that's what I, when, when he says our, his ways are not our ways, you know what I'm saying? It's just like stuff don't even be making sense, but because it doesn't, now I can credit all of that towards God. Like, look, this is, this is God, y'all. You look, I'm here, you know, he's using <laughs> me, but I, I'm just keeping it hundred. This is all God, like for real, for real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I hear that, you know, throughout your story, throughout your journey. So, you know, you're saying that you, you took the, this leap of faith, right? And obviously you took it with a sense of direction of where you're trying to go. So what's that that next step look like? Like, where are you looking to go with this? Like, what are you looking to do? Or what are you doing right now? Because that's not an easy oh, thing to just walk away from and do nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, where I'm right, right, where I am right now with it is... Um, I just came from Los Angeles. I, I was nice. out there for a little bit. That was my first time out there, and I was meeting with people who um, who I've known since the Vine days. Real like, quick, I, how, I how is Los Angeles? Because I, I hear mixed things. I've never been. I want to go, Los but I Angeles hear like... Is, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Los Angeles is Los Angeles. That's the best description. <laughs> uh, very, you don't know who you might meet. Somebody you, you may, somebody you may meet like casually out eating dinner or something or so on and so forth may have been like on your TV, like so on and so forth. Like people, it, it's, I can't really describe it. It's, it's very, very LA. A lot of, I think it's, I, I think it's very demonic out there. I do. Oh yeah. Um, but um, it's a lot of opportunity It's rising grind over there. I can't, I love the LA mentality where it's like, mm. Everybody's trying to make it, and everybody's try- willing to do uh, do something to get there. But I'm not the type of person to do something to kind of let yeah. my morals go aside. You know what yeah. I'm saying? For sure. uh, but my talent speaks up for itself. But I think uh, I, I went out to LA. Um, we got an Airbnb out in Beverly Hills, and I was uh, with like a few other people. It was real nice. And um, yeah, I, I met this guy named Kenny Knox, who I was like really cool with growing up. Um, and me and him started at the same time, started doing video at the same time in 2013. This mm-hmm. dude blew up, like, blew up, had like went like a almost a million followers on Instagram, uh, blew up on TikTok, Vine, had Vine Awards, all types of stuff. And he saw me, he was like, Daryl, this is my first time meeting you. He said, I want to let you know you're the first person to believe in me. And it was wow. like, You planted seeds. He said, I owe you reparations. It's <laughs> like, you planted seeds with that need that um that that made all of this. You get paid like seven to eight thousand dollars a month just to post a video. Crazy. And he was like, Daryl, what you, he was like, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing, man? So I it it, it pushed me to like want to go further with with my comedy, but not just in my comedy, bro. I think my writing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest. I think I'm um and, and things may change. 
I'm figuring it out right now. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going into uh, directing. So, mm, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I, I feel like I, I want to be able to tell more stories in a comedic way. And it's crazy. I feel like God has been prepping me this my whole life and I didn't even know it. Like, um, I would get in, tr- I was real bad when I was little. So I used to get in trouble for uh, a lot of crazy stuff. My mom would take cable out of my room, but I would only have the DVD player. And we, we used to have Tyler Perry plays and I used to replay them all the time and laugh at it. And the fun thing is, that's how my, that's why my skits are so written well and it's so intricate and unique. It's because I think, I think God's been prepping me for a while for this. And, um, yeah, I'm working on my, my skit series. I have a skit series I'm about to come out, I'm about to come out with called, called the Quarantine Christian. And, um, it's pretty much how God used the quarantine to push people from, uh, religion to relationship and how he worked in my life and so on and so forth. And, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to give too much of the details. Okay. Okay. I, uh, I pushed it <laughs> off for a little bit because I was dealing with some stuff, but I'm ready to push forward into it. So, so question, cause I'm a writer as well, or I like to consider myself a writer. Um, what what does your process look like? Because I have a friend out here, a really close friend of mine who is a playwright. Um, you know, he does spoken word as well. Like everything arts, that's what he does. And I remember he casted me for his play a couple years ago and I was in it and I'm like reading the script. I'm like, do you wrote all this? Like, how, how did this story come out of you like this? And I was trying to understand his process. And I'm just like, man, that, that's that's God given right there. Like that that's powerful. So with you you write incredible skits and I'm sure you're going to do incredible projects, especially as you move in towards directing. What does that process look like? Like, do you just sit down and just inspiration hits you? Do you got to set the mood, the tone, throw some worship on? Like, what does that look like? Do you need to see something and be out and it just comes? Like, how does that happen? Um, I, I think it, it happens. A lot of, a lot of my topics or what I do, it stems from like the phrase for this show change what we normalize. Mm. Um, the reason why I say that is because a lot of stuff that I dealt with in life, um, and I and the way my, the way God is like formed me in a way, the way I'm wired, I, I'm not the type of person that likes to normalize certain things that everybody else has normalized and that that is probably necessarily to- toxic or they don't want to talk about so on and so forth. With my comedy in particular, I love talking about topics that ride the line between Christianity and worldly stuff. Mm-hmm. Things that church are afraid to talk about. Yeah. But how can I do this in a way in which it's like anybody can digest it? Um, and, and, and to a certain extent, it became a sermon for me. It's weird. Ah. It's like I'm writing sermons with these skits. Um, mm. My process with me is I'm going to be honest. I get my ideas from God. Like God gives me my ideas. And I think that's the tough part for it because there are seasons in which I completely fall off and then I don't have no content pushing off. And it's like, dang. So um, my process, God gives me the idea. I, I'm a, I'm a visionary. So like I visualize everything. I know how everything looks. I, I just, I know how to skip looks before I even do it. And sometimes like the skit will come out way better than what I imagined because I, I, I took a leap of faith. It's like I have a baseline of like the last skit that I did. Um, I forgot I did so many things. Skits. The last skit that I did, um, I, I visualized it. I started writing it out. And I guess the crazy thing is with my background with band, I played trombone for nine years. I understand the with, with music is storytelling. Mm-hmm. So with, um, I understand that there's like rhythmic beats. I understand music has to, has to play an account. So I have music playing in my head of how I'm going to do it. Um, to set the tone, I, I understand like just comedic beats. So I understand that like everything that I do within my skit, God already has kind of given me the, the sense of um, just knowing how it looks, how it tastes, how it sounds, what mm-hmm. I'm aware, how the weather is going to look to convey that message because even even growing up when I looked at plays, bro, I would look I had nothing else to look at. 
So I would go on the DVDs and look at special features. How did they create the film? Mm, so on and so forth. I remember and that. And I would be I would be obsessed with it. And crazy stuff, bro. Because I, I I'm into like superhero stuff. I'm a huge Marvel fan. Okay. So when I saw when I saw X Men on TV, it blew my mind. Like I was like, man, like I, I get to see Storm, Wolverine, and all these people. Like this, like this is crazy because it, it, it was an escape from a reality that like something was way like it. It just it reminded me that something was way bigger than me. Like I'm in Alabama and I'm I'm, I'm and I don't want to be here, so I'm looking at the I'm looking outside my car. My mom my mom's car in the backseat as a little kid and just imagine like, hey, what if aliens took over when we came back? What if this, this, and that? I was such like. Uh, a very imaginative kid. So, yeah, it's just, I, I think God just, I, I see it before I even put it out there. And that's how I know. But it, but that's that's the scary part, you know? You take, take a journey of faith and directing, that's something completely different. I'm, I'm comfortable with skit right now. Like, I'm, I'm good with that. But writing a show, I've never done that. So it's like, God put it on my heart and I feel like I want to show the real Christian experience. It's a struggle. Sometimes God doesn't take things away immediately. Sometimes He want to walk you through it. We need mm-hmm. we need that to be shown. It, we need that to be shown. We can't everything can't, everything can't microwave with God. So yeah, that's good. That's good, man. Um, as I'm thinking more <clears throat> about this transition for you being in LA and just the culture out there from people that I know, like I have friends who do music, a few are that are in acting and things like that. I, I'm starting to get this feeling that more uh, Christians, right, like true Christians, are making their way into entertainment, into music, like mainstream things, right? They're making their way in there and they're having impact within that. Like we're not creating our own separate bubble of like, hey, these are the Christian DVDs over here at the bookstore. It's like, now nah, we're going straight to the mainstream stuff. We want to be on TV, too. We want to be in these positions, too. And... There is a young lady. Um, you may have seen her on social, on TikTok or on Instagram. She was in like all the Tyler Perry stuff um, or a few of the Tyler Perry things. And I think she was in House of Pain, if I'm not mistaken. But the young lady, China. Yeah. She's been um, she's really been like proclaiming the gospel, like via TikTok, uh, via Instagram. And for me, it was encouraging and inspiring to see someone who's deep within the industry be so bold about their faith. And I think that that's powerful because she didn't allow the industry to turn her into someone else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She actually allowed the industry to fuel kind of like, all right, this is why I need to be here talking about this. Y'all can say what y'all got to say. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I see you coming in with a similar spirit of like, look, I am who I am. Like y'all not about to have me wavering, but I'm going to come in here and do what I need to do. What God has on my heart. Um, which I think is is huge because on the mainstream level, that's where we really need to be to have the biggest impact, especially as it pertains to um, the kingdom. So I'm excited to see that that transition or you just dabble into directing because that's a whole nother like beast right there. But I can only imagine all of the projects and the ideas that are God's stirring up in you to really get out into the world. And um and what we need. So I want to ask you this for someone who needs some encouragement, right? You said you grew up, you know, in a way where everybody like plays sports, right? If you wasn't playing sports, you wasn't nobody. Mm-hmm. And that's similar to kind of where I'm at in Jersey. It was like, if you wasn't playing ball or football, what was you really doing? So a lot of people, you know, shied away from doing the arts. Like I was, a, I would consider myself an artist growing up. I love drawing. Like I was incredible at it. Drawing, telling stories, um, all these different things, but I kind of pulled away from it as the peer pressure like got on me. And I, I just found my safe haven in basketball. And I happened to be gifted in basketball as well. And it took me on a journey across the country, all these different things. But I realized that I walked away from the gifts that I had within the arts to be creative and express myself in certain ways because um, it wasn't something popular. It wasn't the cool thing to do. So you, we're going to go back a little bit. You as a kid growing up, how did you kind of persevere through that when it seemed like everybody around you was so just focused in on sports? Like, this is what boys do. 
how I persevered through it, I went through the motions a lot. Mm. I, I, I just, you, a lot of times you can have the wrong gift. You can, you can have, you can have the right gifts, but operating in the wrong identity. Mm. And Oof. for me, Hold on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for me, that's what it was. Like, I was trying to find my identity and, and fitting in. Mm. But my gifts, because I, I know how to draw. I can draw, paint, sing, play trombone for nine years, mm. comedic. I have all these things. But then when you have culture pressuring you to be completely different, um, and it's like, it's... That, that's that's how it is. So I think for me, what I did was, how can I say? I did it the wrong way. Um, I got bullied mm. growing up for it, for being yeah. different. So that's that's what really started my videos. <laughs> I was like, I want to be popular. That's what I said in the beginning. And that was the wrong way of going about it. And um, yeah, I wanted to be popular. I blew up, but then I fell off. I ended up getting like social media bullied and um, it was like really, really bad. So the problem was suicidal. And um, God had to teach me like, Darren, you can have the platform, but you don't, if you don't got the character to sustain that, mm -hmm. it means nothing. So uh, I think for me, I, I just, I operated my gift in the wrong way. And, and when I came back the way I did now, um, I think it's just straight up God. Because you can persevere and, and step out on faith in the wrong identity mm -hmm. and, and completely fall off. But That's if you deep. want to find some form of uh, sustainability, like God is the only way to go. I'm going to be honest. I ain't going to sugarcoat it. That's deep. You can. Wow. I never even thought about it that way. It was more so just persevered through it. But you can actually do it in a way where it's wrong. You know, and even hearing you say that, I think about myself, like I persevered, but I had then took my identity and put it into basketball, put it into the things that I thought would keep me popular. Yeah, you know, when, those, when those things fell, you were Popularity, crazy. Yeah, popularity yeah. And, and, and platforms, even within mm -hmm. church, popularity and platforms, but not chasing the presence. If the, pres if the presence of God isn't a priority, stop. And it's not, and not, and it's not saying that your gift has to be all like all about like all about God, like everything has to be through the church, so on and mm -hmm. so forth. But I do believe that um, you can use your gift in an honoring way, honoring God in a way, and um, and also going to Him to let to to be the one to set the pace for your career and your dreams and your goals. Because because social media will make you be in a rush. Oh, I got oh I gotta go to Greece and take these yeah. pictures. Oh, I yeah. gotta go here. I gotta go to this party. And sometimes you ain't gotta go. Like sometimes you just gotta. They are like cutting grass or something. Oh, um, <laughs> y'all good. <laughs> sometimes uh, you gotta like go at the pace God wants you to go. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And um, my faith. Not sometimes. All the time. You need to. Um, mm -hmm. and you can't just let the world set that pace for you because. It's nothing but sinking sand whenever you let the world dictate what you need to do. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, for you as someone who, you know, I would say a lot of your career and the things that God is is kind of blessing you in regards to the platform is built within that social media realm. Like that's how a lot of us found you. Um, yeah. How did, or, or or was there a time where it consumed you, and if so? What did you learn from that process? Because I know for me, it was a point where social media was, you know, one, giving me anxiety. But I remember I was comparing myself to a lot of people at that time. And it made me feel less than for whatever reason. It made me feel less than. And I was like, I got to I got to separate from this for a little while. And for you, someone who has skits, you know, videos, you're blowing up here on this. You were blowing up on that platform. It's like this seems like this is a real big deal for you. It's like, how do you yeah. manage that? Like, what did you learn from that process of maybe, you know, being consumed by it, but also being attacked on it? Okay, so um, 
first off, I think when, when I first went on on social media, I, don't, I think people see the success, but they don't understand the weight that is that it carries. So um, when I first started out on Vine, I was like I said, I was just trying to seek popularity. That was it, um, and I blew up, and none of that thing sustained me whatsoever. So when I when I fell off, um. When I fell off and I was suicidal, I understood that like the platform doesn't mean anything if you ain't got Jesus. So then when I followed him, when I when I eventually did that, like I think that's that's what really provided it. But I think the thing is is that you gotta also like have some form of humility, man. Like mm. you don't know everything. Very true. You don't you don't you don't know everything. Um nice. and the way God, I, I can't, I can't even really give you like a practical answer. It's just, I'm gonna be honest. It, it's just the fact that like I, I went to the death of myself. Like I had to die of myself, um, of what I think how everything should be. Um, and I don't get too influenced by social media because of the simple fact I understood that I was in that place growing up where sports was popular, popularized, but I couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I, when I'm in an area or where things is popularized and so on and so forth, I understand that like if, if that's not like my if I'm not wired to do it, I'm not gonna hop and set the pace like and be in a rush to do these things and be pressured by people too much. I can care like if I'm not in a good spot, like <laughs> I ain't gonna post. I don't care mm-hmm. how much engagement I got, I'm not gonna post because I understand. Like I've been through so much stuff with this social media stuff, dog. Like I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna post. And and people want you to post it, but hurry up and post it. Dude, you gotta do this and it's and it's like wow. I, no, like, I'm like not a slave to the people. Yes, I'm and I'm I'm not no like and I'm so passionate about it because of the simple fact you all of a sudden you got a lot of people trying to affirm you, you know give you um prophetic opinions about your life and um it, it gets very <laughs> very weird because it's funny because the, the people that um the people that didn't affirm me in, in in my sabbatical for my videos all of a sudden they're calling me brother friend you know and it's like Clearly, you hopping on the wave because yeah. of the simple fact, I, it, like I'm, I'm trending. But I, it's like I knew I had this gift within me before everybody else did. So I've been doing this for about a decade, and then you know I put out original content. So it's like yeah. nobody can copy what I do because mm-hmm. I, I'm not like a, I'm not on TikTok doing TikTok dances for 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 following. If you choose to do that, do that. Whatever, that's you. But for me, it's like. You you're not gonna have no longevity if you if there's no originality, just straight mm. up. That's real um, right there. So that's that's, that's why I'm I'm confident in knowing who I am, and I know I'm gonna be successful. Um, with God, most importantly, it's just because I, I know my gifts, and I've been operating this for so long, bro. It's like, yeah, th- this is trending. This gonna go the next day. You know, you know how much stuff happened in 2020. Bro, it was so many <laughs> trends. It was so many trends. <laughs> Yeah, flying through trends in 2020. So let me ask you this: um, on the topic of trends, are there people who you're? I would say, all right. Are there people because you do original content, right? So I know for my industry with speaking and going to schools like that, there's a lot of different. uh, I don't like the term motivational speakers, but whatever, motivational speakers, right? So Mm -hmm. everybody's kind of watching everybody. And you have like the top dogs in the industry that are, you know, at the top tier, making the top money, you know, doing all these things. I notice a lot of people try to do what they're doing, try to be like them, try to sound like them. Um, For you, you know, as an artist, as an actor, as, you know, now a director, do you see yourself being inspired by other people's work like are you watching other people or are you not even like i can't even tune into that because i know for one of the 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 main guys uh et eric thomas he says he doesn't even really watch other speak or listen to other speakers because he doesn't want to be influenced on what god's kind of placing on him 
So are you someone who's kind of inspired by the work of others? Or are you like, I don't really want to be influenced, so I don't watch too much of what other, you know, artists are doing? I don't want to be influenced. Um, I, I, I really don't. I, I would, I don't mind being inspired. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be influenced. I want mm-hmm. my vision to be something unique. Um, I feel like God has given all of us a puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't, and I can't fit my, I, I can't, fit my puzzle piece into something that somebody else can fit in. Mm-hmm. I'm Daryl. There was times where I would be at church and people would be like, you're going to be the next Mike Todd. You're going to be the next yeah. Devon Franklin and this, this, and that. And it's like, no, yeah. I'm going to be the next Daryl. You feel what I'm saying? Um, and, and I think that's, that's what it is. So I, I, when I do go, I don't, I don't follow too many content creators. And if I do, I, I have them on mute. Cause I, I understand how easily swayed I can be, mm, so I'm, I'm very like heavy. That. Yeah, I'm very heavy on uh. Would you recognize how easily swayed you can be with things, dog? Like, yeah, you you're gonna have to learn to protect yourself. So I think for me, I want to make sure that whatever I put out is original, which is why I think it's so hard, especially for me to be like as consistent as I want to. Because of the simple fact, everybody's copying. This joke has already been said, or yeah, this, yeah. this, and that. So I like when my content is tied with something that people are afraid to talk about, um, mm, especially the church. So that's when good. it, when it, and that's a shock value portion of it. So I'm very strategic. I'm extremely strategic. A whole lot more than what people think. People, <laughs> people be thinking they laughing at the joke when in reality it's like, no, you're laughing at the joke because it, it goes along with this sound. And so on and so forth, and they don't even know it. It's like I'm just playing puppet master, trying to get them like to laugh, and and it's uh-huh. working. So, nah, that's powerful, man. And just in this industry, I know I was coming across a few um posts, a few tweets about. I think it was like comedians selling jokes from other comedians or something. I think it was like Cat mm-hmm. Williams or something like that. And I'm like, man, this is this is challenging. It's like, yeah, we're all uniquely made. We're all uniquely created. But oftentimes we see the success that someone else has. We want that. So we try to mimic what they do. And it's one of those things, too. You said it, too, where it's like, oh, you're going to be the next Mike Todd. Are you going to be the next uh, LeBron James or the next blah, blah, blah. And it's like we have to stop doing that to people, especially young people. We got to stop doing that and allow them to be themselves, Um, because I see especially in, you know, within the sports arena and things like that, these young kids coming up you know, with their own gifts and talents are always compared to someone generations down the line. Like, oh, you're the next, this person, are you the next? And it's like, when did I become a carbon copy of somebody else and not you know, original creation and whom I'm called to be? So I applaud you for, you know, being an individual where it's like, look, I'm inspired by people. Like I love some of these other people. I love what they do. It makes me laugh. It inspires me. But at the same time, I have my own original things to bring to the table. And I believe that that's what's going to not only create success for you, but sustain success. Because like you said, you're not following what's going on. You're not following the trends. I remember Jay-Z talking about that. He was saying like, you know, pretty much like a synopsis saying like they have these trends and things like that, but they come and go. They come and go. Like I'm sticking to, to, to me. I'm sticking to what I know. I'm sticking to getting better at my craft. This is going to, that sounds going to change a year from now. That sounds yeah. going to change two years from now. Like yeah. next year, and you know, things aren't going to be the same within entertainment, yeah. within comedy, within music, within arts. Like things keep evolving and growing. So um, you just really inspired me, honestly, and got me wondering why I'm reading all these books. I must start reading them. Because <laughs> I got no, inspired it's, earlier, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's essential, man. And um, everybody's copying everybody right now. Everybody mm, and um yeah, it's everybody is top, especially with content creating. I think yeah, that's why I'm like I, I'm not really. I'm gonna be honest. My skits are like real funny, and I know I can I can do it. But I want to push my I want to grow on my craft. I don't want to be operating out of that nine year old Daryl that want to be popular, you know, and all that. Mm. Uh, it's like okay, I see I have a gift. How can I grow in it? Um. And, and see where we go from here because it's, it's nothing but sinking sand. One day they love you, next day they hate you. One minute you trending, next minute you're not trending. So people call me like, yo, this person is trending. Darren, this person following. And I, and I read through it because it's like, 
I've been there. I've been there since social media skit creation was was there. I was one of the first people that I think I was probably the first African American um, black creator from Alabama. And that was in the Vine days, right? That was in when Vine. Yeah, those yeah. in the Vine days. Those in the Vine days. And um, I've seen people come and go, go and stuff. So it's like, how can I? The reason why I have longevity and a cult following is because I make sure whatever I put out, there's intention behind it. There's relatability, there's a lesson, there's intention, or either there's um, awareness. And when I do it in a tasteful way, it's like, oh, and I got, I got tired of people cutting off my mic to a certain extent. Like, Darren, don't say this, don't say that. So I was like, okay, well, let me put it in this skit. I'm going to put a heavy truth on it, but I'm going to make it funny. So That's good. That's good. Was there, I want to ask this, you know, as a personal question, was there ever a time within this journey of, you know, you creating content where you were, you know, somewhat envious of someone you seen kind of blow up and you felt like your stuff was better? You know what I'm saying? You're just like, man, they blew up. Like, that's crazy. Like, was there ever a time with that? If so, can you can you explain a little bit about that? Kind of go into it. <laughs> Bro, that's like almost every day I get I get like that. So I had to put my phone down. Um, mm. and it's like almost every day because I it's like you know your guilty you want to you want to be you want to be like ah like why I'm not there like I, my goal has always been like I want to hit 100k over one like that's my goal like to hit over 100k it's like every time I ch- try to hit that 100k mark so I'm happy it's like it's like a stop um and yeah I, I think I think what it's I've seen people like, I ain't gonna mention names or nothing. I don't wanna mention names. I've seen a lot of people on TikTok um, do it and they blow up simply off yeah. of just um, copying somebody else's stuff and getting 100K. I got friends that like got 300,000 on TikTok and um, they tell me all the time, like, yo, Dara, you are way funnier than me. I don't know how I'm doing this, Dara. You need to push this, push this content out and so on and so forth. And um, I, of course, I get jealous or envious, but I think I have to I, I have to do heart checks and recognize that like and, and recognize that they're on their own journey, and I should celebrate them. And um, I, I have to seek some form of humility and just be like and, and just celebrate them and um, make sure my heart is in the right place. So I, I'm still I'm still friends with them and stuff. It's just I think, like I said. I, it's an everyday process. I just got to put the phone down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's everyday thing. Yeah, like, I wish I could just unfollow. I could just mute all the, like, what I do, I mute them. I mute people until they they ask me for advice. So, like, if I, I like, if your timeline ain't inspiring you, it's, like, inspiring you or either pushing you to kind of achieve that goal, then definitely, like, you need to like start muting people, doing things. That's a word. People that are gonna plant seeds of comparison, so on and so forth. I want people that's gonna point me towards the right direction. Not 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 to take not not people that's gonna take pictures while they're there. You know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So right now, I, I, for me, I follow people that inspire me. Like like even when you made your whole book, like I got I got your book sitting over here, like right right there. And that's what's up, man. Like it, it it definitely it definitely inspired me because. I want to. I understand. I understand the importance of character, and um, I understand the importance of going back into your past and not operating out of that space. So I make sure I follow people that inspire me, bro. And yeah, I want to give you your flowers. <laughs> nah, I, I appreciate that, man. I, that's love for real. So, on the flip side of that question, do you have people, you know, within your industry, within that space, who? like openly kind of envy you when they see the successes kind of like throwing shade and things like that. Do you, have you experienced any of that or? In the beginning I did, but um, now I don't, I don't, I, like I, I call it, like I immediately pointed out, like, I just know. Um, I make sure I surround myself, like the people within the industry that I'm in, that I, I'm, I'm close with. Um, I make sure I surround myself around like, like-minded people but people that are going to push me to uh, push me in my creativity um mm. and there was a time on, on vine where like i was like in need of a community 
it's like I said, I grew up being like the black sheep. Yeah. So it's like when I got online, it was like, oh, I want this. This will heal me, being a part of this community. And it didn't. Because mm-hmm. I was, because I put my peace at risk for proximity. Ooh. And. Oh. No. <laughs> oh, I, I still that one. That's a whole bar right there. Yeah. You peace, can't put your peace at risk for proximity. Put your peace you can't. Because you willing, you willing to settle for everything. So wow. I, I'm very conscious of. I tell people all the time, there's only two people in charge of my peace, and that's me and Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not dealing with dealing with none of that. So I make sure I surround myself around the right people, and um, I be conscious. So, yeah. That's wow. That's no, that's good, man. That's good. And as we're talking on the topic of peace, um, I have a few more questions I do want to ask you because you know I'm a huge mental health advocate and things like that, and we're talking about peace. You shared a little bit about your journey. You shared a little bit about, you know, your your kind of uh, um, struggles with, you know, suicide and things like that. Um, when you were in those dark spaces, um, you know, feeling really challenged, feeling like you wanted to let go. What were you know, where was the turning point? Like, how did you transition out of that? You know, along with, you know, obviously God, were there practical things that you were doing? Okay, so the with my journey, what what I, I began to learn was like God was more concerned with me not running back to my chains than Him breaking it. Woo! So that's facts. Woo! Because I get up and run a lot. <laughs> I would go. I would go to church. Uh, I would go to some churches and stuff. Um, and people would be like, "Just proclaim the name of Jesus, 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 Jesus." And, and watch the walls fall down. And I'm like, I'm still depressed. I don't know what's going on. And it's not saying that that, that doesn't happen for people. I don't want to, yeah. um, like, push my trauma or, or things on people whatsoever. This is my journey. This is what I dealt with and what God was trying to teach me. Um, I was telling God to take away my depression. Meanwhile, still operating in a space that would produce more depression. Mm. And I didn't know it. And it was normalized. So... What what I, I began to do is I was like, God, take away this depression. And he was like, No, go work out. Mm. And I'm like, okay. Stop listening to Migos and Drake. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I like it every once in a while, but it's like, stop listening to Migos and Drake. So I started listening to Bethel. I started listening to Maverick City. I started listening to Hill Song every day. And um and it it, it the crazy thing is I will always be attracted to like songs that will like make me sad or make me like cry. So I'll be working <laughs> out playing Kirk Franklin, Imagine Me. Imagine me. Oh, that song, me. bro. And I'm like, oh, I love you, Jesus. So it's like stuff like that. And um, and I begin to uh start eating better. I begin to start reading my Bible more. And all of a sudden, like, and, and I, I, of course, I, I had to take medicine for it, of course, with my depression. And um, eventually I stopped taking it. And I just started to learn to steward my peace better. Mm. So I, I make sure I don't let people within my energy, um, my, my space and my give my energy to things that don't need to, to be given to. Um, and it seems like everything in my life, bro, like, it's always been me deep, like, me reparenting myself. I think one of the big things that I learned recently was like there was, I I would operate out of the space of like nine year old Daryl, mm. and that, that wasn't loved, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, and I would look in the mirror and I would see that I'll be a twenty seven year old man, uh, young man. I say old man. I feel old. My knees, <laughs> uh, young man, um, and. I would look in the mirror and I would see little old me and I would operate in that space all the time. So what I begin to do is I understand that like God isn't just the God that stops the storms, but he helps you walk through it mm-hmm. and, and process through it. And there have been times where like I would sit in here on this couch by myself screaming, crying, and that would be my act of worship Ooh. because I'm opposing everything that I was taught like yeah. literally, I'm dying of myself, and and I and I would look at God and 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 God and I understood God was crying with me within the process as well too. When Lazarus died, and he walked up, like 
he was crying with them. He wasn't he wasn't cry, grieving because of the like he he knew the end of it, but he he loved me so much to be in the process with me uh, during it. Compassion. And um, yeah. and I had to worship when there was no music. I had to leave myself in communion and prayer, like because I got so used to having this movie theater experience at church. I gotta have this. You gotta have this. This, this, and that. Yeah. And I had to get to, get to the basis, and I and I remember T.D. Jake saying this, like, like for example, in the Bible, Bethel was the place of worship, but the people that went to Bethel, they didn't understand that Bethel was a mindset. It wasn't just. It wasn't a place. Mm. And if they understood that God was everywhere that they went, they they went and just traveled all the way to Bethel. Uh, in that sense, we kind of made church our Bethels in a sense. Mm-hmm. We feel that we can only be filled there, so on and so forth. So I, I make sure I seek Lord, seek the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and body, and strength, and and seek a firsthand encounter because there have been times where I like, I literally my faith was solely based off of my pastor's faith. Wow. Wow. I, I needed a firsthand encounter with God. Who is God is me. And um, yeah, he pushed me towards a lifestyle. He didn't just want to take it away. It's like he's not a genie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he wanted yeah. to push me towards a lifestyle and, and, and a character in which I could uh, steward my peace better and um, be in direct communication with him. And, and, and it's a process. I'm still in it. I'm still winging everything, trying to figure out where is God in this and so on and so forth. Um, but I understood that like the crazy thing is the me- the measure in which the the spiritual attacks and warfare that I have experienced, I understand now why the devil attacked me with my depression and my emotions. Because the crazy thing is, God speaks to me through that, not through my depression, but like through my emotions and my feelings. So I will be emotionally numb to things, so on and so forth. I'll be depressed. I would do things to suppress it, and then eventually, bro, I just started. Bro, I like uh, when I follow God, I started to recognize like, dang, God started to speak through my feelings. So like, I will pray for people, and I'll feel pride. Like, okay, I guess this is what we got to address. I'll be wow. on worship. And I'll, I will wow. feel so like, it's crazy. Speaking of X Men, it was like I felt like Rose from X Men. Like I was touching people, and it was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, you can and, I, and I would have to, bro, I would have to pray it off. Like I would, the first time I experienced this was a, a friend, his mother passed away, and I put my hands on him, and I prayed for him. And all of a sudden, I felt all his grief and heaviness. And I, and I started crying. I was like, ah! And I was like, I never felt this before. And um, God speaks to me, like, through that. And that's I think that's my spiritual gift, yeah. So I'm, like, prophetic in a way. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I've never even heard it explained that way. Because um, mm-hmm. we, man, just... <laughs> I got so much more I want to say, but I'm not going to hold you longer. But I just think of, you know, when we, all right, so I'm not going to say we. In the community that I grew up in, it was like the gifts were, you know, things you can see pretty much like this. Oh, he can sing. He need to be on the choir. He can do this. He need to be here. Or she can do that. She need to be there. And just to hear how God speaks to you, because I was raised in a way where God had to speak to you a certain way. Like you said, it had to be in the church. It had to be during Bible study. It had to be during, uh, I don't know, worship service where everybody falling out. This is when God is speaking the most. And it's like, bro, you're saying like God speaks literally through my emotions, like emotions will rise in me. And I'm like, all right, where did that come from? I, oh, I need to address this. That's such a powerful, powerful thing and freeing thing to hear from you um, because I find myself in very similar um, situations. Not saying that it's the same thing, but I, I've caught myself a few times just being spiritually aware of like, all right, where did this come from? Why am I feeling this way? And a younger version of me would just roll with the feeling, like the feeling leading the way. But I'm learning emotional fluency now to where it's like, oh no, I'm making a different decision. Like this feeling is here, which is 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 really just like a red light for me to be like, all right, let me just make a different decision. So Man, I really, really appreciate you sharing that. And I believe somebody's going to be blessed from that because, again, I've never heard it explained that way. And that's yeah. powerful for you to have that level of awareness at, you know, at a young age. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm 31. So I'm saying so you're, you're young out of these streets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. 
man. But um, so I'm not gonna hold you for much longer, bro. But really quick, um, tell people where they can find you. You know, via social media, how can they get in contact with you? Uh, you can find me at Daryl.Mac, Mac with two C's, um, and on Instagram, on TikTok, Big Head Daryl. I gotta change that, <laughs> Big Head Daryl. But if it's changed to Daryl Mac on there, change it. I also got a second TikTok page. I, I, I think this is my first time announcing it. A uh, second TikTok page called the Faith Builders. So I just go in there and just talk inspirational stuff on there. Uh, I've been real low key. <laughs> um, and on Facebook, Daryl McGregor. Daryl McGregor on okay. Facebook. I gotta go follow you. Oh, TikTok's a different beast, bro. I'm gonna be honest. Oh, yeah. I um I made a TikTok a couple of months ago because I was like, yeah, I want to put some inspirational stuff on here. Like, let me just see. It's a different beast. It's a different side. Like, you got to be a different type of person. Not only that, you first get the app because you aren't following anybody of like true influence or people that you want to see. You get everything. So I'm on this. I'm like, yeah, this is not safe for kids. Like they don't need to be yeah. on here. At all. <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah, it was off yeah. the hook, man. Uh, first guy, I was like, I was like, bro, what is going on on here? And I'm like, this all the kids got us. It's different, <laughs> but I've, I've followed some amazing people, and it's a lot of um just Christians on there with incredible content, um, and yeah. just other people I'm inspired by, and I love how creative you can get on that platform because of the tools that they have. So that's dope, mm-hmm. man. I'm gonna definitely follow you um on that page. So. Before we head out, um, you know, you already kind of explained what's next for you, the things that you're doing. So I want you to share a quote, right? I'm, I'm huge on quotes. You, you know me. I'm huge on quotes. I'm huge on shoot, change. What we normalize was a quote that was birthed, you know, out of a certain situation. And I have quotes all on my walls. You can't see them now, but it's like sticky notes all over here on my desk. And there are quotes that inspire me. You know, some are pulled out the Bible. Some are, I just may have heard somebody like you even said something. I wrote it down on here. Like I love <laughs> different. Quotes. I want you to share a quote that, you know, you either live by or that has inspired you. One quote that changed my life. T.D. Jakes. And he said, um, there's an older version of you in the future relying on you now to make the right decisions for him. Mm. And that changed my life. It's kind of like be be who who you who you needed growing up. So mm. yeah, I, I I live by that. I live by that one hundred percent, and I fight to be that. So yeah, definitely. Mm. That's, my, that's the quote that changed my life. Like <laughs> the shift for real. That's 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 powerful, right? There. That's powerful, right? Yeah, there. and encouraging. You no, know. um, last uh last question for you before I let you go, man. Um, what does change what we normalize mean to you? Change what we normalize means to me is like not following the trend all the time, not justifying things because we were taught it. Mm. Um, uh, change what we normalize is being being spiritually aware with things, so on and so forth. It's it's I can go in many rounds with it, but especially for me, it just changed how we normalize, like for example, masculinity, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Being able to say I love you more, being able to uh, be emotionally aware of things, not emotionally numbing myself, recognizing like when I do that, I, I can dibble off into anger and misplaced situations and unhealthy coping mechanisms. Um, and just n- normalizing being different and being yourself. I think mm-hmm. that's that's the thing. Just being yourself and normalizing that and, and not letting people make you deviate from your truth and what you believe in. And that doesn't mean you push it off on people and say, this is what it is. It's like, no, it's saying, this is me. This is my life. I honor it. And, you know, everything, all of us has to change certain things of what we, what, what have been, has been normalized in our lives to get to the point where we need to be. So. Mm. That's powerful, man. That, that's extremely powerful, bro. I just want to say thank you, man, uh, for thank tapping you. in with me, man, jumping on the podcast with me. Um, I know your time is extremely valuable. Um, I love the growth that I'm seeing. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to somewhat be able to view this journey and this process because I'm going to be able to look up years from now, right? You know, and just see just all types of stuff, Walk of Fame, all type of TV, movies, and be like, yo, yeah, I know, yo, I can't wait to do that. I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna, 
I, I mean, really excited to do that. I'm really excited to just pull up to the movies and like, you're not knowing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. my lady, like, like, all right, yeah, whatever. Thank like, you, I, brother. Back to the episode. I got his number right here. He might have changed, but I got his number, his old number right here. Like, I'm excited for that, man, to just um, celebrate within that. But even celebrate within this moment, man, because you're a beautiful human um, and you're doing incredible things and you have a heart for Christ and a heart for people. Um, and you live by love, man. And that's powerful to me. And you have integrity, um, which is huge, which is huge because a lot of people, especially in the space that you're in, they lack integrity and, and character. Um, but those are your, like your foundation, man. And that's powerful. That's powerful that you're going in that space with that. And I believe that, you know, your season is coming for you to really go in and make the impact that God is calling you to make. And I'm just inspired by you because, you didn't waver, right? You didn't fall apart. You leaned on God. You didn't allow people. You didn't allow social media to pressure you and and try to make you speed up this process. Yeah, you had your hiccups. You had your challenges. We all do. But at the end of the day, you know, you turn back to the father and he's leading you in the right direction. So, brother, I'm excited for you. I'm happy for you. I love you, man. And I'm just grateful for having you here um, on the Change What We Normalize podcast. So, look, if you're listening right now, you know, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share this with somebody you love. Make sure you tap in with my brother Daryl over here um, to continue to follow his progress, continue to support him. Yo, the skits are hilarious. I promise you they are hilarious. You will love them. And until next time, y'all, I will see you on the next episode of the Change What We Normalize podcast. Love y'all. Peace.